Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. We concluded yesterday, chapter 27. There's a shipwreck. Paul is a prisoner, and he's being taken with other prisoners to Rome. And so they're boarding various ships. And this particular ship, uh, Paul told them, do not launch out. This is going to end in disaster. They didn't listen to him. And uh, they were uh, they were on the verge of dying. But the Lord spoke to Paul and said, hey, I'm going to answer your prayer. I'm going to grant not only your life to be spared, but the lives of all 276 people on board of this ship. But Paul, by the word of the Lord, called out and said, well, here's what's going to happen. God's going to spare our lives, but here's what we need to do. We're going to have to run aground on a certain island and such. And guess what happened exactly like he said. So uh, everybody escaped onto this island and that's where the story ended. So here's how it begins in chapter 28. This story flows right into it. Now, when they had escaped, they they then found out that the island was called Malta. See, they didn't even know what island it was. It was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling. And you can just picture that, right? It's cold. It's rainy. It's a storm. We just shipwrecked onto the beach, so to speak, of this island. And we we're, we're all were able. Of course, they're not right up on the beach. This is a big ship with hundreds of people. But they're out of way, so they have to jump overboard. They have to swim to the island. But it says uh, they made us all feel welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. So it was freezing cold. Verse 3, but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So here's a poisonous snake. We'll see why we know that in just a moment. But he he's carrying, Paul is carrying all these uh, sticks for the fire and the snake didn't come out while he was carrying them. But boy, you put the, those sticks on the fire and boy, that snake jumped out, I mean, and fastened onto Paul's hand. What does that mean? When the fire is turned up, I mean, the devil comes out, demons come out. Of course, this was a literal snake, but Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So often snakes uh, represent the work of the devil. So it goes on to say that this viper fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. So there's a little bit of superstition going on here. But they said justice doesn't allow him to live. In other words, we recognize that snake. That is a deadly poisonous snake. This man's going to die. So watch this. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Verse 6. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. Now why? Because they know what snake that is. And that's what normally happened to people that were bitten by that snake. 
But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. <laughs> See how fickle people are? First they said he must be a murderer. He escaped the shipwreck, but now the snake bites him, so he must be a bad person. Well, when the snake bite didn't do him any harm, guess what? They say he's a god. But you know, this is just what Jesus said, the 16th chapter of Mark. He said, in these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will take up serpents. What does that mean? They'll take up or remove serpents. In other words, it's not going to hurt them. The power of God will immune you from things that would normally hurt other people. Now, that is not to say that we should go snake handling. And some people have done that and think, well, that's what Jesus said. We're supposed to be handling poisonous snakes. That is not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say to drink poison. He said, if you drink anything deadly. And that's the same thing with the snakes. If somehow you come in proximity to a snake or get bitten by a snake, well, then the power of God will protect you. And that will be a sign uh, that the power of God's on you and you have the authority in Jesus' name. So they think he's a God because they know he should be dead. And so notice verse 7. In that region, there was an estate of the leading citizen, not a leading citizen, the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. So he has a fever, he has dysentery. Watch this. Paul went into him and prayed and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Notice the way the Bible reads. It doesn't say Paul prayed and God healed him. It says Paul laid his hands on him and healed him. Now, I know that we realize it's the power of God that does it. It's not power from us. But I just want you to know that the Bible talks a little differently than we allow ourselves to talk. Jesus sent his disciples out in Matthew chapter 10, and he said, go and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. He didn't say, well, you boys can't do that. Pray to God that God can do it. No, he said, freely you've received, freely give. You do it. You cast out demons. You raise the dead. You cleanse the lepers and so on. And so here, in the same way, Jesus is saying, uh, or the same way Jesus said that in Mark chapter 16, now Luke is just writing this by inspiration of the Holy Spirit and saying, Paul laid hands on him and healed him, the father of the leading citizen in uh, on this whole island. Verse 9, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Everybody on the island who had a disease came. And guess what? Every single one of them were healed. Don't tell me the miracles are over here. The miracles are not over. No, we're in the last chapter of the book of Acts. This is supposed to continue all through our lives. People being healed, people being delivered. We need to lay hands on more people, don't we? We need to have more faith than we've had to believe God. And you know what? If we'll lay hands on more people with our faith, using the name of Jesus, guess what? A lot more people will be healed. We ought to do this. And so Paul continued to do this, even though he's a prisoner, just got shipwrecked, just got bit by a snake. And now what is he doing? 
He's healing people. The whole island of sick people, he's healing them all. Praise God. All right, so notice this. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. After three months, we sailed in an Alexandrian ship whose figurehead was the twin brothers, which had wintered at the island. And landing at Syracuse, we stayed three days. From there, we circled round and reached Regium. And after one day, the south wind blew, and the next day we came to uh, Putioli, or Putoli, where we found brethren and were invited to stay with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. And from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as Apiforum and three inns. And those are both locations or cities on the coast. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. He thanked God and took courage. Why? These are brothers. These are brethren. These are the family of God who love us, who know us. And Paul was really encouraged to see them. Verse 16. Now, when we came to Rome, oh, they made it to Rome. Now, when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Again, favor from God. He is a prisoner, but God's talk about a first class prisoner. Verse 17, and it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me, wanted to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had anything of which to accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and speak with you, because for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. So he's calling Jewish people together now, but not Jewish people who know about him or know about the faith. Verse 21, then they said to him, we neither received letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken any evil of you. But we desire to hear from you what you think uh, for concerning this sect, in other words, concerning Christianity, concerning this sect, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. So when they had appointed a, uh, when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both from the law of Moses and the prophets from morning until evening. He just taught them the word of God all day and all into the evening, showing them that this Jesus was prophesied about. He is the fulfillment of those prophecies. Verse 24, and some were persuaded by the things which were spoken and some disbelieved. Well, that's normal. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul said one word, the Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers saying, go to this people and say, hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive. 
for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Notice, their eyes they have closed. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to consider whether it's true that Jesus is the Messiah they've been looking for. Their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. If you would turn, I would heal you. Verse 28, Therefore let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. So see, they didn't like that the word of God is going to be sent to the Gentiles because Jews had the idea that they were the only ones that could be saved. They're the only ones with a covenant from God through Abraham. And so verse 30, then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house. Wait a minute. I thought he was a prisoner. Talk about favor. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. And that's the way the book of Acts ends. Paul in his own rented house, preaching, teaching the word of God with miracles happen, uh, signs and wonders, healing happen happening. And this is not meant to be an end. This is meant to be what Jesus started, what the church started, but this is supposed to continue to play out through you and me. Oh, Father, we pray that for each of us, that we would press in to this precious gospel, into the principles of the kingdom. May all of us step out in faith and pray for the sick and trust that your power will be released as we lay hands on people, as we speak forth your word, so that signs and wonders will be granted and people will believe on the gospel of Jesus Christ. May it be so. May this book of Acts not end with this reading. May we all continue to walk out the fulfillment of the book of Acts until the day that Jesus comes back. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I look forward to seeing you in the next book. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.